Welcome to the Truly Nourish Podcast. My name is Rebecca Laurel Hill. I'm a registered dietitian, nutritionist, and life wellness expert. This podcast has one mission, to help women break free from dieting and overeating patterns and transform how they nourish themselves in body, mind, and soul. Each episode, we dive into teachings and tools that will help you find more peace and freedom with food, more enjoyment living in and caring for your body, and more happiness and fulfillment in your life overall. Thank you for being here. Let's get started. Welcome to this episode. Many years ago, when I was seeking solutions to my own struggle with overeating, I came across a book called The Enlightened Diet, which is written by a nutrition researcher named Deborah Keston and a behavioral scientist named Larry Sherwitz. And it was based on their research on overeating styles. And I really loved this book because it was one of the first that I'd ever seen that really touched on the theme of body, mind, and soul nutrition. And this was, I would say, 15 years ago or so. And I still have this book on my shelf and I felt inspired to share this information with you today because I believe it could be really useful and valuable to share these common overeating patterns that they found through their research to see if you identify with any of them and then give you tips on how to address each of them. So the drivers of overeating behavior are diverse and overeating habits can often develop in us for various reasons beyond you know just being about the food. And in their research, they came up with seven typical styles of overeating and also proved it's possible to overcome overeating by nourishing yourself multidimensionally each time you eat. And multidimensionally means biologically, so what you eat for physical health, also psychologically, how food affects feelings, spiritually, the life-giving meaning in your meals, and also socially, how you dine with others. So let's just dive right into those overeating styles that they have discovered. The first is too much fast food and processed food, which they call fast foodism. So probably no surprise here, when you eat too much food that is low in nutrients, low in quality, but also high in calories, your body's going to gain fat and your body does not function well because it's not being nourished with quality food. And when the body doesn't function well, you don't feel well because your body is basically stressed. And you also store and hold fat more easily on a fast food diet because the body is stressed and releasing cortisol that increases fat storage and also helps you hold on to fat more. So the solution, of course, is to most of the time eat unprocessed, non-fast food, like whole foods, um, fruits and vegetables, whole grains, beans, peas, legumes, nuts and seeds, foods with minimal chemical additives and preservatives. You know, if you're eating animal-based foods, such as dairy, poultry, fish, and meat, you know, choose ones that are lean and clean, so to speak. And of course, it's okay to eat fast food from time to time if you really love it and feel like your life would be missing something without it, but let it be on a rare occasion instead of on a regular occasion, right? 
So basically, if you feel like you eat too much fast food right now, ask yourself, how can I create more home-cooked meals with whole food ingredients? Or even how can I grocery shop and use grocery store items that maybe have some pre-preparation or convenience aspects to them but are still minimally processed and more whole foods? So think about where you need to start. What is the first baby step? Is it to learn a handful of recipes that you love or is it to have healthy food you love on hand? So perhaps scheduling a weekly grocery shopping trip or having grocery delivery scheduled or is it having a prep day where you chop things, for example, or get things ready to go so that when you're busy during the week, you just have to throw it together or just heat it up. Uh, The key to change is always starting small and mastering one little thing at a time, which I talked about on, I think, the podcast called Creating Your Most Nourishing Year, if you want to go back and listen to that as a reference. Um, And let's say if you go to fast food, such as five days a week now, how could you cut it down to perhaps four days? What would be your first step, first strategy? And then once you master that, how could you cut it down to three days and so on? The next overeating style is emotional eating, and this is so common for many, many people. So first of all, what is emotional eating exactly? I define it as anytime you have an urge to eat food for an emotional reason and not for a physical reason, such as physical hunger and needing nourishment. So you're not actually feeling physically hungry or needing food, to nourish yourself, but you have this emotional urge and desire or sort of an emotional craving to eat food. So to end emotional eating, the first thing is you have to be aware when it's actually happening. So to become aware of your feelings before, during, and after eating is the first step. And emotional eating can be a deeply ingrained habit that we've maybe held for a long time. And so it can feel very automatic and unconscious. And so in order to start to break the habit, you have to first become aware of those urges and feelings that make you go to food and eat for emotional reasons. That's the first thing you have to recognize is that urge or that feeling, whatever that feeling is for you that occurs before the food is actually eaten. And then once you recognize and understand what your urges are in that way, and the situations those urges arise in you, and when you have the habit of eating to a specific emotion, you know what that emotion is for you, once you have that awareness, then the next step is to start to interrupt that emotional eating pattern and practice interrupting the pattern each time you feel those emotional urges to eat to be in the practice of interrupting them. And it's not about being perfect at it. It's just about being in the practice of always interrupting the pattern. Even if you do end up eating food, that practice of interruption starts to disconnect the pattern in your brain, like the neural pathway in your brain to break the habit. So, you know, that is the next step once you have the awareness of it happening and why it's happening. So that practice of feeling the urge and interrupting the patterns so that you don't eat in response to the emotion like you always have in the past. And that will 
actually with time cause the emotional eating habit to completely go away or to be at least very, very manageable and you feel like you are totally in your power and in your control and you can feel that emotion but not eat in response to it anymore. So this is a huge part of what I teach in my Food Freedom Body Bliss course because so much of overeating is caused by these emotional urges to eat. And I also, in my book, It's Just Food, give you my ABCD process. If you want to reference that by the book, it's a lot you know, less of an investment than my self-study course, but it talks you through how to allow those urges and begin to interrupt those patterns related to emotional eating so that the habit can dissolve over time. And, you know, for yourself, if this is you, if you're someone who emotional eats, once you understand your specific emotional eating pattern and urges and understand the primary feelings and emotions that drive you to eat, this is when journaling on your thoughts and feelings in that moment can be really helpful. So you can journal on what the emotion is that you're experiencing or the feeling or the agitation, however you describe it, just name it. I'm feeling frustrated, angry, sad, whatever that feeling is, and then journal about it. Journal about why you're experiencing it. What are the thoughts that you're having right now in that moment that are creating these feelings in you? And then can you ask yourself, could you be with that feeling? Can you just feel it without having to do something? Just be with it. Because when you can learn how to just be with feelings, they process and metabolize through you much quicker than if you react to them or try to escape from them with food, whatever it might be. And and what perhaps also journal about what do you need to do in your life to maybe better manage your feelings like is there some boundaries that you need some habits that you need to change that would help feel better um, in this particular area is there some conversations that need to be had to help so the feelings and and the situations that might be causing the feelings to arise are not as prevalent in your life and also journal on what new thoughts what new ways of thinking do you need to have what new things do you need to believe about your life, about the world, so that these feelings are not created as intensely. And when you don't have these feelings arising in your life as much because you've done the mind nourishment, the mental management and nourishing of the mind and changing of the thoughts, um, then, of course, you know, the urge to eat will be less as well because the feelings are not as intense. And we can eat emotionally for all sorts of reasons and it can start for all sorts of reasons in our life. But basically at some point in your life, you perhaps started to eat food in response to a feeling or emotion and then a habit was created. So now it's just kind of automatic if you feel that feeling of a stress or uh, an emotion of sadness or anger or just guilt. It can be any emotion. Um, so that, that's important to start to get in tune with your emotions and be able to name, oh, I'm feeling this emotion. Um, but, you know, whatever emotion was the initial one, a ha- once a habit's created, it just goes unconscious and you just do the pattern. But like I said, you know, creating that awareness and then interrupting it as a practice 
will definitely help you to break the habit so that you can have that freedom from the emotional eating. And for every person, it can be a different emotion. And sometimes you might emotionally eat for every emotion. It just depends on who you are and, you know, how you've related to food over your life. Uh, It all depends on maybe what you experienced in your early years as a child in terms of what you attached that habit of eating to. Perhaps when you felt sad, your parents always gave you food or treats as a child. Or perhaps now when you feel stressed or angry as an adult, you always go to sugar because it gives you perhaps a calming feeling by decreasing that cortisol in your body. Or maybe you're a celebratory eater, and so anytime you feel good about something in your life or feel happy about something, you always reward yourself with food or always have a celebratory meal out or whatever it might be. Or even just in the simplest form, celebrating the end of a work day, and so you reward yourself in front of the television with food, which can become a habit that leads to overconsumption, that leads to weight gain, however it may be. So it really can look many different ways for different people, but the commonality is that a person is eating in response to an emotion or feeling and not in response to physical hunger. The next overeating style is fretting about food. So you worry a lot about food and worry about what to eat and how to eat right and You have a lot of fear about food and fear around, am I eating the right thing? Am I going to eat the right thing? Am I going to eat the right amount? So you often feel anxious about eating food in terms of the types of foods and the amounts of foods. And if you have an overeating habit, you probably also have lots of fretting and fear about just overeating in general. I know I did when I was in my um, binge eating days. That was the constant fear of sitting down to a meal and having a binge. It didn't happen every day, but it happened many days. So it was this constant lurking fear. And so this food fretting and this anxiety and fear around eating the right foods and the right amount of foods comes from dieting restriction and diet mentality. And it manifests as thinking there is good food and there's bad food. There's right food and there's wrong food. So it's like this restrictive mindset around food that certain foods need to be restricted. And a person then also might track food, count foods, calories, nutrients, um, measure food in order to feel like they're doing it right, but also to you know, calm their fear and try to feel in control of their food intake. And there can also, with this, for me, there definitely was a feeling of obsession and an urge to analyze and, you know, once again, restrict out of fear. Because I'm going to talk about this probably on a future episode, but it's not that restriction in and of itself is bad. It's where is that restriction coming from? Like, what is the driver of it? Is it a loving restriction? Like, I don't want to eat this food and I'm happy to restrict it because I love myself and my body so much and I know this food is not serving me? Or is it a fear-based restriction from all the dieting mentality and things that I've just been talking about? So that will probably be a future episode. But With that, you know, there's a lot of self-judgment, guilt, and even shame for eating in a way that one may perceive as unhealthy or as the wrong way to eat. 
So this anxiety and fear around food and eating actually drives overeating behavior. It increases it. It causes it. So that is why this is one of the overeating styles. And this is another area I dive deep into in my course. I teach you how to release diet mentality and also like the physical fear, full restriction of food and get past that fear and that restriction that's actually driving overeating patterns in your life. And in my book, I also talk about the biological and psychological reasons why food restriction causes us to overeat. And those are references if you want to dive deeper. And as a quick tip here on the episode, one of the ways to release some of that fear and fretting and anxiety that you may feel about food is heartfelt gratitude for food and where your food comes from. Coming back to why we eat in the first place and what it's all about. So in general, one of the quickest and easiest ways to release fear and anxiety in any area of your life is to start to focus on why you are grateful for the things in that area of your life. So with food, start to perceive food and the eating of food as a gift that enable you that en- enables you to not only survive in the world but to also thrive in your life. So replace food worries with gratitude, like heartfelt gratitude, like really connecting to why you're grateful for food and for not only it being one of life's greatest pleasures, but also for what it does for your health, your body, and your well-being. The next overeating style is mindless eating. So often this looks like mindless munching on the go while driving or snacking on food as you do computer tasks or paperwork, whatever that might look like, or eating while watching TV. It's just eating while you're doing other activities. So this leads to overeating because number one, you may not actually be hungry and it's just a habit of snacking while doing things. It could also be an aspect of emotional eating where you just can't be with your feelings about whatever task is at hand and so you distract yourself and kind of cope with that task through eating. And the antidote is to practice just the opposite, to practice mindfulness with your eating. So if there is also some emotional eating with it, you need to, like I talked about earlier, understand what the feelings are and the the thoughts that are creating those feelings, you know, what that's all about, that's causing it. Um, However, just as a simple practice, mindful eating, practice giving up eating while doing other activities and instead only eat when you're being 100% present with your food by keeping focused on your food, like just one thing at a time. So in other words, when you eat, just eat. And if you have this habit of multitask eating, it will probably feel awkward and uncomfortable at first to not eat while you're doing other tasks. And you know, to just be present while you eat might feel uncomfortable. But if you're willing to practice this, you will find that you eat much less with time because you are being fully present with your food. You're enjoying your food because you're connected to it. You're tasting it. You're smelling it. You're enjoying it. You're getting the pleasure from it. And through that, you will find satisfaction and satiation, satiation just being that feeling of, "Mm, I'm good, I'm satisfied. 
you know, that comes quicker and therefore you eat less food when you're being mindful while you eat. The next overeating style is sensory disregard while eating. So this is a relative of mindless eating because when you're not present with your food, you're also not experiencing it with your senses. So when you can have a loving regard and respect for your food while you eat and take time to taste and savor and really enjoy your food with all your senses of sight, texture, taste, smell, even sound, It helps your brain to register the eating experience and allows your brain and also your gut to produce these biochemicals that make you feel satisfied with your food. And so once again, you naturally eat less when you pay attention to the sensory quality of your food. The next overeating style is having an unappetizing atmosphere while eating. So this means in a psychologically or emotionally unpleasant atmosphere, perhaps around angry people or people bickering about something, just emotional tension during the eating experience. And it also relates to an aesthetically unpleasant environment, such as eating in a loud place or a chaotic or cluttered environment, or perhaps in your car during a traffic jam. So the solution is to only allow yourself to eat in pleasant, emotional, and aesthetic atmospheres. And so think about the atmosphere you'll be eating in ahead of time. If if you're a person who finds yourself in these kind of chaotic environments while eating. So think ahead before you eat as, as often as possible each time you eat. And design a pleasing experience by creating an emotional and physical atmosphere that is as pleasant as possible. You really deserve that. And it also helps your body to feel less stress during the eating experience. And then your body is better able to absorb the food, digest the food. And overall, you then feel more satisfied with the experience, which leads to eating less. And you're also able, once again, to enjoy the sensory experience of the food. And that also leads to eating less. The last overeating style they found in their research, they call solo dining, where you're eating alone. And You know, this day and age, eating alone is kind of a new normal eating style that often, unfortunately, can lead to overeating for many people. And other studies in the past have even found that when social support is present in our lives, especially when we eat, what we eat is somehow metabolized differently. My guess is that it has something to do with the hormones or neurochemicals we produce while connected with others whom we enjoy or love. So if you find that you overeat because you dine alone, the solution would be to try eating with others more often. And if you live alone, like I do right now, you could share a meal via Zoom or Google Meets, something like that from time to time with a friend or a family member that maybe lives out of the city or out of state. You can literally set up Zoom and have a a meal right there together. Um, Or if you have a pet, consider eating at the same time as them just to make it a little ritual that we eat together, me and my little furry friend. Um, Another way to eat alone but feel connected to others while you eat is to think loving thoughts about the people you love while you eat. 
that this would also relate to creating a wonderful eating atmosphere while you eat. You know, the thoughts that you think about while you eat are creating an atmosphere within you. So similar to mindful eating and enjoying your food with your senses, create a nice atmosphere internally and externally in your home, wherever you are. And eating alone can be a wonderful experience to connect with not only yourself, but also with other people you love in your mind and in your heart. It's also a time to really connect with your body and with your food. So eating alone doesn't have to be a negative experience, but through their research, they did find that it can be something that creates overeating patterns in people's lives. And I totally you know, believe that. Plus they have the data to back it up. But that being said, I just want to... Um, emphasize that if you do live alone or if your family or friends that you live with just aren't around when you eat, it can still be a wonderfully connecting experience so that it doesn't have to lead to an overeating occasion. So that's it for this episode. Let me know if you want me to talk more about any of these in future episodes. Send me an email at hello at rebeccalaurahill.com Also, I do know of some other overeating styles that I didn't talk about in this podcast because I simply wanted to address what they discussed in the book, but it might be worth talking about in the future. If you're interested, just reach out anytime and let me know of any topics you want me to discuss on future episodes. Until next time, much love. Bye-bye. Are you a woman who wants to end cycles of overeating and dieting? so that you can experience greater health and well-being, more peace and freedom around food, more vibrancy and more feelings of joy and confidence in your body? If so, I have a comprehensive self-study course called Food Freedom Body Bliss, where you can learn step-by-step how to create just that. Go to RebeccaLaurelHill.com forward slash FFBB to learn more.